In the last recording, we discussed the rule of that the one who has money is presumed to be the owner, and anyone who is trying to get that away from him has the burden of proof to bring Adim that the money has to be given away. We said this works even when there's a majority against the holder. Still, he's entitled to keep his money until it has something like either Adim or the equivalent of Adim that will prove that he must give up that money. Until then, he gets to hold on to his money. So Teisvis in Babakama asks what really is a Dvar Pella Ma'id. This is on page 8 of the booklet. That we find that majority rules throughout the entire Torah. And even when it comes to matters of life and death, we follow the majority. So how is it possible that when it comes to money, we're saying majority should not rule? This is the top line. Chavzayin Amud Beis. And Teisvis Teimo. How could it be we don't follow the majority when it comes to monetary law? From the way we deal with life and death questions. As we say in the first pack of Sanhedrin, it says over there that we follow the majority when Beisdin is ruling on a question of a Chiv Misa, whether someone deserves to be put to death, Beisdin will follow the majority opinion of the Beisdin and disregard the minority opinion. And over there, even when it goes to halacha of monetary law within a Beisdin, when a Beisdin is ruling over a dispute over money, Rabbi Yeshia proves from Dinei Nefashas, from the Beisdin ruling over, over a Dinei Nefashas, a life and death ruling, we do follow the majority. the Chamiri continues if by Dinei Nefashas, which are so chamri, dealing with some person's life. And the Torah says we should follow Rav. So certainly when it comes to monetary law, certainly we're going to follow the majority. And that the Gemara remains with that. The Gemara seems to conclude that when it comes to a monetary dispute in a base, then we will certainly follow the majority opinion against the minority. If two people say that Ruven is chayev, two of the Dayanim say he's chayev, even though one Dayan says that he's potter, Ruven is going to have to shell out that money even though he's, it's his money and he's a muhzik, if the Beisdin ruled against him, even though it was only the majority of the, of the Beisdin that ruled against him, he's going to have to pay. So let's skip straight to Taisa's territory. Three lines later. When it comes to the ruling of the Beisdin, there it's different. The minority of opinion opinion in a Beisdin is considered to be non-existent. So therefore, so you cannot follow the muhzik because the Habastin, Mafkimine, the Bastin is who the one that's taking the money away from him. Meaning, when a ruling is issued from a Bastin, it's not the majority despite the minority. That's not how it works. The whole Bastin has to issue a psak. If you have a Bastin of only two Dayanim, it's not gonna work. Their Bastin, their 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 psak is not gonna be binding. The Bastin has to have three members. Once there's three members, they decide, they each develop their opinion of the case, they come to their own conclusion, we put together all the opinions, we count them up, and the majority opinion is the one that becomes the opinion of the Beistin. Once that's the opinion of the Beistin, so it's not the majority opinion, it's the Beistin opinion, it's the psak of the entire Beistin that's issuing that psak. It's true, originally there was a dispute within the Beistin, but the halachas of Beistin create that when there's a majority, we follow the opinion of the majority to become the psak of the Beistin. Once we reach, achieve that psak, now the entire Beistin is ruling that Ruvain is Chayev to Shimon. Once it's the entire Beistin ruling on it, 
So we can't say, oh, wait, but Ruvain is a muhzik, because he's not up against a majority. He's up against the entire base, and the base in his ruling that he has to give over that money. And the same would go for Dina and Fashas. That's why it even works for taking someone's life if the majority of Beisdin rules that he's Chayv Misa, he will be put to death. Because it's not the majority of Beisdin we're following the Roiv. It's we're following the Psaka of the Beisdin. The Psaka of the Beisdin was reached by the rules of Beisdin, which are to follow the majority opinion. As opposed to Tzestasis. Avagabi Sharmam, when it comes to other monetary disputes, so it just simply involves Ruven and Shimon. And not dealing with a Psak Beisdin. So there, it's true that Shimon may have the majority circumstance on his side. But if Ruvain has a minority circumstance on his side, and he also has the benefit of holding the money, so now he has two things. He has his own mochzakis, he has the chazaka, in addition to the minority situation that is possible, he's right. So we put these two together, and then those two together outweigh the majority. So the only reason we follow the majority when it comes to life and death, that's when dealing with a basin. So the basin can create the situation that the psak issued is that the money has to be that the, the person's life has to be taken, or even in a monetary dispute, that the money has to be given over. So now there's no longer a place for a muhsik because the situation now demands that he give over the money, as opposed to when we're first dealing with a dispute originally, and we're trying to use the circumstantial evidence of majority, that is not going to make the minority a situation as if it never happened. There still is a minority. So despite the fact that the majority would make it otherwise, his mochzakis, the fact that he's holding it, will join together with the minority situation, and those two together will outweigh the majority, and will follow the mochzik. So this continues to our next maramakam, which is on page 9 in the booklet, which is a kuntras from Rav Chatzkal Abramsky, it's a very short contrast, but he goes to, outlines the, all the rules of Dine Momenus. He splits them into four categories. The first one, the broadest category, is any time one person has money that's allegedly trying to be claimed against by someone else. And he starts in Eis Beis, Klal Godel, Hu This is a general principle in the rules of the Torah, B'chala and Yonim. In all the areas that were Hanunim Asagrish, in all the areas listed in the first category, of one person has money and someone else is laying claim against it. The person who is the current owner of the money is considered the absolute ruler over his own possessions, over his own property. It's not the law that grants person rights to his use to his to usage of his property. It's not society that gives him the right to, to his possessions. Rather, he is the sole possessor of everything, it's a natural right that he has. This is the way of Eretayah. The ownership of the individual is completely under his jurisdiction, no one else. Like the image of a red thread woven through a white garment. In other words, it's something that winds its way throughout the all, the entire of Cheshen Mishpat of monetary law. This rule is going to find its way throughout the entire Masechta, he calls it, this whole limud of dealing with dealings with, with among people. The one who is creating this transaction using his own property, he is the sole ruler. With, when he's working with his own property, with his own stuff, so he has the full right to do really whatever he wants with it. Whatever, however things will play out, it'll play out according to his will. He is considered the complete owner and has full rights 
over his own property. So that brings us to our next Maram Malkum, which is that of Rav Shimon Shkop. This is in page 10 of the booklet. And Rav Shimon Shkop deals with why actually is money different than other areas of Yerudea, let's say, or Chaim, that we have rules when it is a suffix, you have to be machmer. So we do have a aver in the Torah called Leisigzel, you're not allowed to steal. And we have other laven involved as well when it comes to other people's money or de- we're dealing with other people's property. So why is it that any time we have a dispute, we'll just fall back on a Michael Varayo if Ruvain's trying to claim property away from Shimon, he has to bring proof with Adim. Why isn't the mere fact that there's a suffix, that there's a doubt, make it that now Shimon should, should be machmer on the rule of Gezel, on the Isra of Gezel? We know suffix derais is l'chumra. You always have to be machmer when in case of dealing with an Isra Torah. So theft is a aver in the Torah. So you should have to be machmer. Anytime there's a suffix, Shimon, although Ruvain may not have right to take it away from Shimon, but Shimon should have no right to keep it because he's dealing with the problem of a possibility of Leisigza. So Rav Shimon Shkop deals with this. He begins with a conscious asfekis, and then he is marchiv on it, modifying it to the way he views it. So again, beginning top of page 10 in the booklet. He said, spoke well on this topic. But he didn't explain it properly. This is how he, the Kuchas explains this problem. This is the answer to this question. The Torah only prohibits under the Isra of Gezel, something that the Din recognizes to be belonging to his friend. Something that belongs to someone, according to the Din of Chesh and Mishpat, the Torah did not prohibit it again from him. And therefore, since the Din of Amitzvich of paskins on any doubt when it comes to Momin, that, that Shimon, who is the Muchzik, Retains it, and now Reuven has to bring Adam if he wants to get it away from him. So So now Shimon is not doing anything wrong when he doesn't return it. And similarly, the Sefer Umratum gives a similar response to the way he says is the Torah only prohibits something that's for sure Gezel. Like we find in other areas of Allah, sometimes the Torah didn't ask her Sveikas. The Torah did not prohibit a case of doubt. The, only, the Torah only prohibited where it's a Vadai. So Reb Shimon Shkop is going to use this, but he's going to say it differently. Because he's not okay with just assuming that any time there's a suffix, there's for sure no prohibition of gazel. So he explains it on a little more of a philosophical level. He's going to give a general hakdama, um, an introduction. All, all disputes, all really the, the monetary law, that you're dealing with between Reuven and Shimon, between one person and his friend, they're, they're unlike all the other mitzvahs of the Torah. Everything else in the Torah, when it comes to Basel when it comes to Shabbos, these are things the Torah commanded, either do or don't do. So there, there the reason we don't eat Basel the reason we do make Kiddush on Shabbos, is because we're trying to be Mekai in the Mitzvah Hashem. That's, that's what it's based on. It's based on what is the Mitzvah Hashem, and that's what we're trying to accomplish. But when it comes to the rules of Chesh and Mishra, when it comes to the halachas of Mamun, 
It's not like that. The Koydim Shechal Lein Mitzvah Hashem L'Shalem Elohesheh before preceding the Mitzvah Hashem to pay somebody or to return something to someone. Tzorch Sheyuktam Oleinu Chiyav Mishpati. There has to be a sort of preceding the Mitzvahs of the Torah. There has to be the Chiyav Mishpati. There's a there's a, a principle of law, of, of monetary law, that precedes the mitzvahs that discuss the monetary halacha. Tarei. If a child, a minor, steals. So he's not a bar mitzvah. He has no mitzvahs in the Torah. So he didn't do anything wrong. There's no avero that was done. We call makim. The best in must intervene, if they're aware of all the facts, they intervene. They'll force the cotton to give the stolen item back to the owners, even though there was no avera that was done. There's another important principle. When you're dealing with the rights to a person, to a specific thing, we're not discussing whether or not there's a, he has the rights to it because of a specific mitzvah. He's entitled to it based on some mitzvah or some avero. First, we're, we're discussing the reality. There's a certain reality independent of the mitzvah of the Torah when it comes to money. There's an independent justice to whom it really belongs. It's who is the proper owner to be holding on to this item. Based on this, the rules of Sveikas, the rules that we do in case of doubt when it comes to money, that they concluded that based on their own judgment of Seichel, the Torah of Mishpatim, it's, it's logical, it follows, it reasons, that for he picks the classic case of a suffolk, if someone is exchanging a cow, a pregnant cow, for a donkey, and then the cow gave birth, we don't know if the birth happened before the exchange, and then if it first gave birth and the exchange was limited to the para itself and the, the child that was born, the baby cow is not, the calf is not included in the sale, or was it born later, after the sale already happened, and now the former owner of the donkey now owns the cow with the calf. So the halach is that we follow whoever's rishus it was at the time of the suffix. Since we're in doubt, so we say if it, if the if the cow and its calf are sitting in the rishus of the seller, then the seller retains ownership of the calf. If it was already in the in the possession of the buyer, even though still we don't know who's the rightful owner, we don't know when the transaction went through, still, it'll remain in the in the possession of the buyer. So he said, that's not based on any mitzvah or avero, that's how they, they, saw, they reasoned that, they saw that to be just. If it was in the possession of one of them, then the rightful thing is that it should remain by him. On the other end, had it been sitting out in the open field, we go with the original owner. So he says, So the Isr of Gezel is limited to something that I'll pee this Teres HaMeshpatim, this independent reasoning, the, 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 the common law, so to speak, what the, the sense of justice within a person would judge that belongs to someone. So there the Torah says you cannot steal that. So things that the Torah recognizes to be logic, to be reason, 
So those things will establish ownership. And then the Israel Sizal is based on that. Once something belongs to somebody, now no one else is allowed to take it. You can't withhold wages, something that I'll be this Mishparatayo, you have to pay. You can't start looking at someone holding on to someone else's money based on the Isser of Gazal. Because if based on the preceding Mishparatayo, based on the laws of justice, there is, if he, if the money belongs to him, then there is no Isser Gazal, because the money belongs to him. The Isser Gazal is he can't steal something that belongs to somebody else. Either he got it, he inherited it, or he, or he bought it. Or if he was rightfully deserves it based on this sense of Mishpah. But once he does that, then it's completely his, and it doesn't make any sense for there to be an Isser Leisigzo. But he just adds in, Sovegezel for sure is also, like every lav. You never have a real Sovegezel, because the Chacham already told us who is the rightful owner in a case of doubt. And once, you have a, once we know who the rightful owner is in a case of doubt, so there is no place for an Isser Gezel. Kivin Jacob is a Ezeh Din Mishpati Kvar Leka Safek Isser Gezel. It's either Vada Gezel or Vada Heter. And that's where Shimon Shkop remains with. That the reason there's no Isser of Safek Gezel is because once it's Gepaskint, once it's ruled upon, based on the rules of Sveikas of Momoin, so now the Isser Gezel Mamelo doesn't apply because we already established who the rightful owner is because of the rule of Safek and Mamelo. There is no Isser Gezel because it's considered to be rightfully his.